Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome, Pirkei Avot. We're Mishnah Base. We are the second mission of the first Perik of Pirkei Avot. It's so important. Pirkei Avot is at the center of Jewish ethical teachings. We are learning now the very foundational teachings and precepts of what it means to be a good Jew. Not a good Jew because we kept mitzvahs. We wore titties, we lit Shabbos candles, and uh, you know we, we sat in a sukkah on sukkahs. That's not what I'm talking about. How can you be a good Jew if you do all those things? To be a proper good Jew. So important. And as we already learned in some of our earlier um, sessions here, it's not just about uh, the fact that we know how to behave ethically and morally and that we have these teachings, but where do they come from? It's part of our Masura. It's part of who we are. It's, we are living history. Every single Jew who is alive is living history. That's what we are. We are living the history of those who came before us and we carry it forward for the next generation. The whole purpose of Pirkei Avot is not just to tell you that these are wonderful ideas and ideals and this is the way that we should behave because we want to be good Jews. The, the reason why we're good Jews is because there was somebody who came before us who thought about these things, who went through every possibility and eventuality and came up with concepts and ideas that is at the foundation of who we are historically as Jews. And that's what Pirkei Avot is. It's taking us through, progressing through the different generations of rabbinic teachings. So we start with Mishnah base. Shimon HaTzadik, Shimon the Righteous. He was from the remnants of the men of the Great Assembly. So far, we have quite a bit of information about him, but we still know nothing about him. Shimon Hatzadik, we know that that was his name. How many people do you know who are called Hatzadik? In the Torah you have Yosef Hatzadik. The only person who's called a Tzadik in the Torah is Joseph. Chazal referred to him as a Tzadik. Very rare to be referred to as Hatzadik. Nobody's ever called me Pini Hatzadik, for example. Shimon Hatzadik. Why is he called Shimon Hatzadik? We're going to look into that. Who was he? We're going to look into that as well. Mishiyore Knesses Hagdoila is from the remnants of the Knesses Hagdoila. Who's the Knesses Hagdoila that we learned in a previous session? The Knesses Hagdoila was the assembly of the great rabbis at the beginning of the period of the second Beis Amikdosh, who consolidated Jewish life after the incredible disruption, the shock of the Babylonian exile, in order to ensure that Jewish life could continue even if another exile occurred or even if we had to undergo and endure such difficult situations, the Anshei Knesset Hagdoyla created certain structures for us. For example, Shachris Minchai Mariv. For example, that we lay in every Monday and Thursday. Those are things that were created by Anshei Knesses Hagdoyla so that our Jewish life can continue whatever waves and winds we have to encounter in the ocean of life. 
that was the Knesses Hagdoila, and Shimon HaTzadik was Mishiyore Knesses Hagdoila. He was from the remnant. We're going to look into the, what that means in a moment. What did he say? Huha ya Omer. This is what he said. By the way, when the Mishnah says Huha ya Omer, he used to say, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that he once said. He would constantly say. He would constantly reaffirm this as his teaching, as the central motif of his life. Huha ya Omer. There are three fundamental things upon which the world stands. By the way, which Olam are we talking about? What is the world? Are we talking about the Olam, the universe world? Are we talking about our personal world? There's some disagreement here as to what Olam means. We're going to look into that as well. You see, you can learn a few words of Mishnah, and already we have a dozen questions. And probably for each question we have a dozen answers. But we're going to get to that. Three things. What are they? Alha Torah, the Torah. The Alha Avoidah, the service. The Agmilas Chasodim, and on kind deeds. Those are the three fundamental aspects of the world upon which the world stands, whatever that world may be. I want to tell you something. I think I've said it before in one of my previous talks, but I'll say it again. You know, I once went many years ago to a dairy farm. And in that dairy farm, they told us how we should milk the cows. They, there's something called, and now everything is, of course, done uh, via machinery. It's, uh, uh, you know, they attach things to the udders of the cow, and that's how the cow is milked. But in the old days, they had... Um, people who would milk the cows, and they had something called a milking stool. Have you ever seen a milking stool? A milking stool is on three legs. So someone asked, why has a milking stool got three legs? Why doesn't it have four legs? So they told us something very interesting. When something has four legs, the possibility is that two legs are on one level, and two legs are on another level. So it doesn't stand firmly on the ground because it could rock backwards and forwards. Three legs is a much more stable um, fundament for a stool if you're going to milk a, cow, a milk a cow and make sure that you're not going to be rocked back, backwards and forwards. Three legs are fundamental. You're always looking for the three pillars of support. Says Shimon HaTzadik, do you know what the three pillars of support are for the Olam, for the world? Torah, Avoidah, and Gemilus Chasodim. Torah, service, and Gemilus Chasodim. I'm going to come back to that as well. Let's start back at the beginning of the Mishnah. We're going to find out who Shimon HaTzadik was. What do you know about the history of the first uh, period during the Second Temple? So the Second Temple period was a few hundred years. We know that Ezra came together with Nehemiah and they rebuilt Jewish life in Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael had been destroyed. The only people left behind were, were the most, you know, the basic population, people who could just make sure that, uh, you know, that I, I'm going to say the trains ran on time, but you know what I'm talking about, just that things just ran. But they weren't the cream, they weren't the top-level people. 
And Ezra came back with a whole bunch of people from Persia to re-establish Jewish life, to rebuild the Beis Hamikdash. Who was Ezra? Ezra, this is not widely known, Ezra was a Kohen Godel. He was the high priest. His great nephew, according to many opinions, was Shimon Hatzadik. According to some, it was his nephew. Shimon Hatzadik was a Kohen Godel. The Gemara in Yuma tells us one of the most remarkable stories, one of the most amazing stories about that period of Jewish life in Eretz Yisrael. Do you know what happened? Have you ever heard of someone called Alexander the Great? Alexander the Great, Alexander of Macedon, Mukdon he's called in, um, in the Talmud. Alexander the Great, he was one of the most powerful warlords of ancient history. He took over huge swathes of the Middle East and of Asia. He conquered the Persian Empire. He conquered Egypt. He conquered Mesopotamia. And of course he was from Greek. He was, he was Greek. He was from Greece. He's from that whole area of southern Europe. He had one of the most remarkable empires. He, a huge empire, huge amounts of territory. He was a young man. In the year 332, he arrived in Eretz Yisrael. And they were terrified because, as you know, the Greeks were pagans. They certainly didn't believe in a monotheistic god. And they were scared in Eretz Yisrael that Alexander the Great would come and either he would destroy the Beis Hamikdash again, like the Babylonians had done, or he would insist that the Jews of Eretz Yisrael would put one of his pagan gods, an idol, in the Beis Hamikdash. And the Kohen Godel at that time was a man called Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik put on all the clothes of the Kohen Godel and together with his entourage, he walked out of Yerushalayim towards the Greek army as it marched towards Jerusalem. And Alexander the Great was riding on a horse and he sees Shimon HaTzadik, the Kohen Godel, the Godel Hadar, this incredibly righteous man walking towards him. Slowly but surely, and Alexander the Great stopped his horse and dismounted and bowed down to the ground. And the Gomorrah says that the generals who were with him said to him, Emperor, King, what, what are you doing? This is a common Jew. Why would you bow down to him? And the Gomorrah says that Alexander the Great responded to his generals. Whenever I go into battle, and I want to be victorious the night before I go into battle, this man's face appears to me in a dream. This man is a holy man. This man is a great man. Whatever he wants, you give him. Shimon HaTzadik wasn't just a great person for the Jewish nation. He wasn't great for all the miracles that are recorded in the Talmud that occurred. During the period, he was 40 years the Kohen Godel. 
He wasn't just great because of those miracles that occurred, which were parochial for the Jewish people. Who else cares? Even Alexander the Great, the most powerful leader of the ancient world, recognized the greatness in Shimon HaTzadik. He was Mishiyore Knesses HaGdoyla. What does that mean? Everybody of the men of the great assembly had died and they needed somebody to be their standard bearer to take forward the message of the Anshe Knesset Agdoyla to the next generation and for all time. And they found it in Shimon HaTzadik. He took on that mantle. He was the person who embodied the principles and the ideals of the Anshe Knesset Agdoyla, of that foundational group of people who ensured the survival of the Jewish nation and of Judaism for all time. We're here now because of the Anshe Knesset Agdoyla. We're here now because of Shimon HaTzadik. Shimon HaTzadik, the great nephew of Ezra, the man who was the leader of the Jewish nation, who in fact was one of the ancestors of the Chashmonoim, who saved the Jewish nation during that period when, at that point, the Greeks were attacking the Jewish faith. His descendant was Matisyol Koen Godel. His descendants were the Chashmonoim, the Hasmoneans, who ensured the survival of the Jewish nation and of the Temple for at least almost 200 years after the, uh, the story of Hanukkah. Shimon HaTzadik was a very important person. He was Mishiyore Knesset HaGdoyla. He is the first person who is quoted directly in Pirkei Ovois. Can you imagine? What an honor. Now let me tell you something very interesting. The greater the person is, the less they need a title. In the Mishnah, when somebody is just called by their name, it means they are so holy and so profound and so special, they don't need a title. For example, Shimon, we don't call him Rabbi Shimon or Rabban Shimon, we call him Shimon. He happens to be called Shimon Hatzadik. The Hatzadik is not a title, it's, a, it's an adjective, it's a description. Shimon HaTzadik. Do you know who else is called by their first name? Hillel. Shammai. Choyni Hama'agel. We're going to see a whole bunch of people in the Mishnah and in the Talmud who are called by their first names. Later on, as a demonstration of respect for earlier generations, the later generations took on a title. Rabon. Rabon Gamliel. Rabon Shimon ben Gamliel. Rabon became a name. Then, we didn't want to compare ourselves to those people, so the next generation said, we're not going to be Rabon anymore, we're going to be Rebbe. And then later on, no longer Rebbe, Rav. In other words, with each progressive generation as a mode of recognition of the previous generation, they took on a different title, or initially just a title, just to demonstrate the fact that they recognize that the previous generation was greater than them. Shimon HaTzadik was the one who initiated this. Perhaps we can say Mordechai. Mordechai, who was the great prophet, who was the initiator of the Esther story. He is the first one from that period of time. He was the last one of the Sanhedrin, of the first Beis Amikdosh, 
and he was the one who initiated the movement that allowed for the return of the Jews to Eretz Yisrael. Ezra, Nehemiah, Shimon HaTzadik. Let's see what he said. Shimon HaTzadik said that there are three things upon which the world stands. Which world are we talking about? Le'elze Oilam Kavonas Hatana. Which exact which oilam are we talking about? So there's a number of different answers. The Me'iri says we're talking about the Jewish world. We're not talking about the world at large. The Jewish world, if you want to know why the Jewish world will survive, Torah Avoida Ugmilas Chasodim. We're going to get to what those things are in a minute. In the Sefer Mogen Eloikim, it says we're talking about the universe. Do you know why the universe stands? Once the Jewish people were chosen, once we received the Torah at Mount Sinai, the only reason that the world continues to stand is because there are people among the Jewish nation, the chosen people of God, who uphold these three pillars of the world, of the universe. Olam, Torah, Avodah, and Gemilus Chasodim. That's what the Mogen Elohim says. The Mogen Avay says that the Olam is talking about the world in which we live, our time, our era, why are we still here? We're here because there is Torah, there is Avodah and Gemilus Chasodim. The Tiferes Yisrael, Rabbi Yisrael Lipschitz, who wrote a parish on the Mishnais in the 19th century, he says as follows. He says that the Kavona, the intention of the Tana, is talking about humankind. Humankind can only survive if there is Torah, an appreciation of Torah, of the fact that a Torah exists, that there is a word of God, avodah, service of God, and gemilas chasodim, kindness between human beings. And finally, the Darke Chaim says that what we are talking about is that when we learn Torah, we have to focus on Torah. The whole world is not just randomly supported by these three pillars. There has, to be, there has to be an intention here that we want to ensure that the world that we recognize as being important, all the things that we consider to be fundamental to our lives, can only survive if we recognize that there are three pillars, three elements which are fundamental to its survival. Torah, Avodah and Gemilas Chasodim. I want to define those things and then we'll understand what it is that the Darke Chaim says. What is Torah? Torah is the concept of the Word of God. That we're not humanists, we're certainly not agnostics or atheists. What we are is people who believe that God exists and that He delivered His Word to humanity through the Jewish nation. He delivered it through the Torah. That is what we have. We have this powerful message that is delivered to us through the medium of the Torah. We're just starting this week, Parshas Bamidbar, which is the book, the fourth book of the Torah. We have the five books of Moses, Mosaic Law, that is the word of God delivered to us by God. It began on Shavuos, 50 days after our deliverance from servitude in Egypt. 
we received the Torah at Mount Sinai. Vayichan Ha'am, the, the people encamped next to the mountain, and they were there. Ke'ish Echod Belev Echod, like one man with one heart. Receiving the word of God, as it were, from the mouth of God at Mount Sinai, at Chorev. So that we can be the standard bearers of God's words, of God's spiritual message. This is not just about survival. We are not Darwinists, believing purely that we are here just to survive so that there can be a next generation. We believe that there is a spiritual mission, and that spiritual mission is embodied by the Torah. And unless we study the Torah in that way, the whole world is in danger. Ha'olam, whether it's our world, the human world, the universe, doesn't matter how many different levels of concentric circles you're going to include in that idea, ultimately we need there to be a Torah. We need there to be people who believe that the Word of God is fundamental to what it is that we represent and what God wants from us. Then we have Avodah. It began with the Avodah of the Mishkan. Immediately after the Torah was given, we were commanded God said, build me a sanctuary and I will dwell among you. That Mishkan required korbanot, all types of offerings that were brought. We no longer have a Beit HaMikdash, but we have a Mikdash Ma'at and we have an obligation for prayer. Avodah is prayer, an acknowledgement of God. We acknowledge God by praying to God. We acknowledge God by uh, fundamentally accepting His existence through communicating with Him, even though it's a little bit of a one-way street. We don't hear back from God as we did at Mount Sinai. Nevertheless, we have Avodah. We bring ourselves to Him. We offer ourselves up to Him, as it were, to acknowledge His existence. And then you have the third fundamental principle, the fundamental pillar of what it means to support the world. In the words of Shimon HaTzadik, the first person to be quoted directly in Perikei Avot, and that is Gemilut Chasadim. Gemilut Chasadim! What are you if you don't acknowledge the people around you? What are you if you refuse to accept that you must take care of others? It's not just about you. It's not just about your selfish needs. There is a selflessness that is demanded of humanity in order for the world to stand. So much so that the generation of Noah was destroyed and obliterated because they wouldn't accept Gemilus Chasodim as a fundamental aspect of human existence. We need Torah. We need Avodah and we need Gemilus Chasodim to support the world. I just want to add as a postscript. We're now living in a time when we're all isolated from each other. And yet, certainly in my own community, but I know that this spreads far and wide. We have Torah. We are giving Shi'urim on Zoom. We are sharing Torah with each other via the internet. We are able to communicate Torah 
the concept of a spiritual word of God even while we are not together and united with each other in a community. Avoidah. Every morning I go on Zoom and I'm praying with my friends. It's not a minion. There's no halachic obligation for, for me to be on Zoom. There's no halachic obligation for, obligation for any of the other people who are on Zoom with me, davening shachris, mincha, mariv. But avoidah. We accept that we must acknowledge God through prayer. We must acknowledge God through avoidah. It's one of the fundamental pillars that upholds the world. And then we have gemilus chasodim, the kindnesses that we display and demonstrate towards each other, taking care of each other, being in contact with each other, making sure that all of our collective needs are taken care of. Shimon Hatzadik, Shimon the righteous, the first Kohen Godol that we know of in the Pirkei Ovas and the time of the second Beis Amikdosh, whose teachings are quoted here at the beginning of Pirkei Ovas, teaches us that before anything else, before we start dealing with details, let's deal with the fundamental principles of human life, of Jewish life. Who are we? What are the ethics of our fathers? What are the principles that we must uphold if we are to survive as Jews, and if the world is to survive. Torah, Avodah, and Gmilus Chasodim. We'll leave it here. That's Mishnah base of the first chapter of Pirkei Avot. And we'll continue with Mishnah Gimel next week. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you.